Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise and geek and pop culture. I'm your host Marshall and with me is my co-host Will. Say hello buddy. Hey everybody. And we're just sitting here enjoying our usual frosty beverage. What do you got this week man? This week I am enjoying the frosty cool flavorings of uh, Mug Root Beer. Well, at least it's frothy. Frothy. <laughs> Uh, this week, I've got uh, Hop Stupid by Lagunitas, another please, amazing please, IPA. Please tell the uh, the audience how they're spelling stupid. Stupid. Hop Stupid. S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Lagunitas. Yeah. I'm, you're lucky I'm not pulling a Frank Garman here. <laughs> Frank Garman. <laughs> Cut that. Ralph Garman. <laughs> no, I'm leaving you know, it in. I'm leaving okay, it in. No, you know what's funny is that Frank Garman was what he was called at the very beginning of the podcast when the guy started doing the intro for him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hop Stupid by Lagunitas. Yeah, Lagunitas is one of my favorite uh, uh, breweries. And actually, it was pretty cool this week. Bad Feeling Podcast actually uh, suggested an IPA for me, which I was, which I'm going to tell you what, what, I like, I really like uh, when people suggest beers. Um, they suggested a Nebraska India Pale Ale, otherwise known as IPA, a Nebraska IPA. Won a bunch of awards and stuff. It looks amazing. I'm trying to find it. Really? I thought uh, Nebraska was in, you know, the Midwest, not in India. Hmm. Seems like a contradictory issue, but we'll figure that out. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the beer nonetheless. Awesome. Um, so if, I mean, look, I, I'm okay with this. So if you have beer suggestions, please tweet them to me. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I love it. All right. Uh, yeah, so, has, hashtag <laughs> stupid brew. Well, <laughs> as long as it's spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Of course. Indeed. All right. So as usual, before we get started, if you have comments or questions or want to read the blogs discussed on the show, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on facebook.com slash usualpodcast and pinterest.com slash theusualpodcast. And, of course, we're on Swole Tour Network, which is an amazing site. You can reach me at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will can be found at I am Will Griggs. Of course, give us positive ratings on iTunes if we're good enough for positive ratings. Or give us negative ones. I don't even care at this point. Give us a rating on iTunes. Yes. I give you a four. Thanks, buddy. And like <laughs> us and share us on all the other social medias, even if it's a four. Even if it's a four. I'm all right with that. As we've been doing the last couple of weeks, in the show notes for our non-Swotor fans, because we do start the show talking about Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, you can skip ahead to the Star Wars section or the Geek and Pop Culture section if you're not interested in any of that. Uh, you can give us feedback on Twitter, leave us a comment on Facebook or on our website if you have suggestions on how we can improve the show, but the timestamps I think have been helpful. Uh, have you gotten any feedback on that at all? I haven't, which is probably a good thing because it just means that uh, you know they haven't had issues with it. Well, good. So, skip around. Watch, listen to it all. Watch, listen, whatever. Doesn't matter. Listen. We, we should go live so everybody can see you in your, uh, your white wife beater. I look amazing. You do. Thank you. Anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, while we're talking about our show, before we get going with the meat of our show, 
Uh, I just recorded episode three of the Flipside podcast with my buddy Josh today. So look for that on iTunes and on our website later in the week. Oh, and it's a good one this week, I'll tell you. What's, found, the, uh, what's the title? Uh, the title, oh, I gotta find it. it. No, it's called The Dollar Store Dentist. Dude, he's been having the dollar store stuck in his craw for like I know. three weeks now. Well, we only talk about it for like two seconds, but the crux of the show this week is really just about, um, he finds this, oh my god, I don't even want to mention it on here. He find he goes to thrift stores a lot. He found a Liberty magazine from 1935. Was he ever on the cover? Uh, almost. <laughs> uh, basically, there was an article about how the darks will take over the world. Oh, awesome! Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, well, we rant about that it, for about 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's still going to happen. <laughs> well, it's only a matter of time. In the article, it says it's inevitable. They it's use the word inevitable. inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's 2015, bro. Anyway, uh, so good news before we get into the rest of this. What's we have our news? first sponsor. Woo! You can't see me, but I'm doing the hands. The He's raising ra- the roof. Marshall is raising the roof, y'all. <laughs> no, we got our first sponsor. It's audible.com, and we're very excited. So you can use our link. It'll be in the show notes and on our website, um, audibletrial.com slash the usual podcast. And. You can get a 30-day free trial of Audible. And you've heard me talk about Audible on the show. You don't have to know. I've been a member for years and years. And I love audiobooks. If it wasn't for audiobooks, I wouldn't, quote-unquote, read. Um, So, I mean, you can get a free credit, free book, 30-day free trial. You can cancel before that and never get charged. You can get a free book. Keep it forever. It's amazing. But uh, if you're into Star Wars, which we're going to dive into here in a minute, uh, most of... The major Star Wars EU novels and all of the new canon is available on Audible. And a lot of it is narrated by one of my favorite narrators, Mark Thompson. Right now I'm reading A New Dawn. Um, I'm about three hours into that by John Jackson Miller, which I'm very excited about. And I just picked up Heir to the Empire. (sighs) Heir to the Empire. That's an old book. Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn. And that is the uh, Luke Skywalker novel that just came out this month. Both of them are narrated by Mark Thompson. Uh, The guy does a spot on Luke, Han, his Lando, I can't even tell you, in the EU novels, anytime Lando is present, you have to listen to those audiobooks. He does the best Lando ever. Really? Is Uh, it it almost like Al Green's walking in the room? I mean, it's smooth. It's smooth. I'm going to just tell you, it's smooth. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, baby, um, it's all smooth. and (laughs) And if you're a fan of the Thrawn trilogy... He also narrates those, and again, his I, I can't. If Thrawn ever comes back in any way, shape, or form, that's that's the voice that'll still be in my head. Mark Thompson does a great job. So anyway, Audible.com, um, Audible is amazing. Uh, so pick up, get a free audiobook. Use our link, please. AudibleTrial.com/slash/theusualpodcast. Also, we have a donate button on our website. If you don't want to do Audible and you just want to help us out, do that, and it'll help. And segue, segue. In, we did invest in some new equipment. And yes, we did. And you will hear that Will sounds about 15,000 times better than he ever has. Yeah, you Now you get all you, his... <laughs> you can't hear me breathe, and, and you don't hear my beard hitting the mic. And, and uh, yeah, I sound... I sound fabulous. <laughs> so we got Will a new mic. Uh, I got a, little, a couple new upgrades in my little studio here, too. And we're stoked. So any, any little bit... 
that um, that you can send our way, whether it be through Audible or on our donation page, will help us continue to improve the show. So hopefully, um, my editing time will be less, and you will hear Will's voice in all of its beauty. So there we go. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had my voice described as beautiful. Well, it's it's an adjective. Oh, it won you over. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Should we dive into Sotor Land? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Didn't even you realize did I was doing that. Oh, God. The drinking game from last week has reared its ugly head. I'm trying to limit some of my things, so maybe it'll be getting a little more interesting this week. Anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to last week. Anyway. All right. So, Sotor. Uh, we'll start off, uh, I feel like we talk about these guys every week, but Bad Feeling Podcast mentioned us at the end of their last show. We'll just start with some community shout-outs like I like to do. There's only this one this week. Well, they um, mentioned Michael and Bill. And they mentioned Michael and Bill, which, which is amazing. If you heard us on ToroCast and you heard us kind of razz and road over there about calling me Michael, uh, I don't know where Bill came from, but I'm rolling with it, and I love it. Uh, so check out Bad Feeling Podcast, and, and the tweet was pretty funny. Michael and Bill. I told him Michael and Bill had new equipment, so hopefully they won't have to rail on us about uh, our terrible sound. Yep. Their, their show sounds amazing. It really well, does. I think uh, uh, Chuck's in radio, so it kind of I helps. think they both are. I think yeah. they both are. They're really, they have good voices. Moving on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's start with our weekend game. Will, what were you up to? Um, I was basically just crafting and crew skills, and majority of the time I was clearing out my quest logs. What does that so mean? So I was basically going back and, uh, you know, I picked up all the Flashpoint intro quests and stuff from the, the the fleets. and So I was going through with my higher level tunes and, and soloing the, the Flashpoints and then, uh, you know, hitting some of my Illum quests that I had never gotten to and whatnot. So it, it was just uh, kind of just going back through my tunes and knocking out some stuff so I can get them all ready to do Forged Alliances, the ones that I hadn't done yet. Sweet. Anything else? Uh, well, we did, uh, you know, you and I played a little bit, so why don't you tell people what we did? Yeah, that's pretty much all I did this week. I was running around like a crazy person. Um, as a teacher, sometimes you have to, like, do work. And so I did a lot of that. Um, I also coached the golf team at the high school, so I was doing a lot of that. So my game time was very limited. So basically, the other night, uh, you and I got on and and with, our, with my Sentinel and your... Jedi? What was it? Yeah, uh, my uh, my Jedi counselor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, co- totally. And um, so we just continued the Forge Alliance's story. We did Manon and Rakata Prime, which is great. Um, and we're ready for Rishi and beyond. And, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of slowly going through all my tunes. All, you know, I don't even know how many, what, 12 I said that are 55. I'd like to get to 60. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to power through it. That's pretty much what I'm going to do. Um, hopefully I'll have a little more game time next week. But, uh, but uh, you know, I'm having a blast, and like I plan to play quite a bit after this if right. I don't fall asleep at my computer. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, writing a, a script after this, so I'm probably going to be up all night. <laughs> well, I haven't slept in a while either, so we'll just continue to do that. It'll be all good. Absolutely. Get a podcast under our belt. All right, so news time. Let's do some SWOTOR news. All right, the big news in the community this week, which... We spent a chunk of time, well, most podcasts spent a chunk of time talking about this last week. Um, the Open Victory Tournament um, with uh, ESL, they were going to do the the big uh, speed runs for their story mode uh, flashpoints, and that got canceled. Yeah, I uh, 
Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, not touching on this too much last week because, you know, again, I'm not a PvPer. And then uh, I didn't even know it got cancelled until I was looking at the show notes getting ready for tonight. Well, and that's the thing. And people, a lot of people were looking forward to it. And a lot of people weren't had no plans of doing it like us. But at the same time, we could see the value of of this type of content coming to the game. And so, you know, basically what Eric says, he says, I'll cut right to the chase. We're canceling our ESL Operation Victory Competition. Our reason revolves around the Koratani encounter. Um, I know many of you raised concerns about the issue relating to the encounter, and we agree. Uh, basically, they were trying to come up with a bug fix for the Koratani encounter, and it just never... They, they, didn't, they weren't going to have it fixed in the way that they needed to to have a competition around it, is essentially what happened. It's so, just poor planning. Well, and it is, and, I, and, and it's a bummer, because I, I was thinking this was kind of going to be a springboard uh, you know, going forward getting some PvP content. People were really excited about maybe possibly getting a Hutball League going and that kind of thing. And and I, and I although I probably wouldn't participate in either one, I really wanted this to happen for the community. I can tell, especially with PvP, how how, how much that community is kind of hurting. And, and we all feel it, whether we PvP or not. And, you know, this, I think, was going to be kind of the, the bridge from the eSports bridge from that to this. So, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so some of the uh, as a follow up to this, Eric fielded a couple questions because I mean this made sense. So he says, "I know a lot of guys will have a lot of questions. So let me hit um, some of what has come up so far. So why not play Temporal Sacrifice, which is the other other operation in um, Shadow of Revan?" He says, uh, two reasons for this. First, it was a numbers game. Only a fraction of the of the players who are in Ops at sixty are in TOS." And so we wanted to make sure the first round was accessible to as many people as possible. Second, our plan was that the finals, the second round, will be played in TOS so that the Revan encounter was part of the tournament finale, which made sense. Obviously, anybody that is invested in the Old Republic at all, whether they played Knights of the Old Republic or whatever, knows Revan and how epic that would have been for a finale, right? Oh, absolutely. Damn it. So (laughs) you said it again. Anyway, it did. So, and and so the next question is why not announce the rules sooner? Uh, we wanted to make sure we knew exactly what we would be playing and how we would be playing it. While we were working out on uh, working on the Koratani changes, we were hesitant to post any rules. So it's kind of a good thing they didn't because it got canceled. Right. So, um, and of course, why announce the cancellation so late? Uh, basically, he says we were, we were exhausting everything we could to get the competition in place to start on time. We didn't want to pull the plug unless we really felt we had to. And this is true Bioware fashion. Um, you know, they, they will wait till the last minute to cancel something because they're trying to make it work. Right. Usually is how, is usually how it goes. So it's, it's, it's sad. I hope it's not on the shelf forever. I hope that it does come back. Um, any other I mean, yeah, it that? absolutely sounds like you know a worthwhile event to well, not necessarily an event, but definitely something to to get PvP more engaged because they're constantly upset whenever a, a a new update comes out and there's you know just a whole bunch of PVE uh, content. Right, and this was PVE, but honestly, like I said, this was I think the beginning, and yeah. I think that it, you know them pairing up with ESL and getting this going, I think, was a big deal, and it's sad that it's kind of gone by the wayside and. I'm curious to see what the rest of the community says. I've only heard, listened to a couple of podcasts that have reported on this yet. It is what it is, you know. So hopefully, hopefully something happens in the near future, and we don't lose people because of that. So, 
Um, all right. So the next thing in the news, dev blog, another dev blog, more story, which we love. It's called the final trial and it goes back to, excuse me, Lana Bonico. And I have not read through all this all the way. I don't think you have either. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you're into these stories, um, we'll probably talk, maybe we'll touch on it next week. I just, the week was crazy. So final trial is up. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes. If you're into these dev blogs, I'm not sure if Courtney wrote this one or not. I'm kind of secretly hoping she did, but I'm sure we'll report on that next week. So another dev blog's up uh, called The Final Trial. And um, Maintenance Tuesday, 3.1.1's coming out. Uh, we did get the preliminary patch notes. And <laughs> there's a couple of funny ones in here, dude. Um, yeah, the one. <laughs> yeah, you put something here that I was kind of curious about, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we ran, we, we've... You know, most people have seen what's coming, you know, because it was on the PTS and stuff like that. So we have a bunch of class changes and bug fixes, of course. But uh, one of the couple things I just pulled out here, conquest points now sort by the number value instead of the first digit. Um, I know this was an issue for the guilds running conquest because they couldn't figure out who hit their marks and who was where and that kind of thing. So this is just quality of life thing. Um, kind of my favorite patch note of all time, maybe. Um is customizing a character's body type while riding a mount no longer turns the player into that mount. I didn't even know this was an issue. I wish I could have been able to try this. <laughs> it's still a thing. Honestly, dude. It's still going. Seriously? Can we do this after the show? So it's it's going to be going until Tuesday. How do you change your body type while you're on a mount? Because don't you pick well, your I body think- type when you first start? Yeah, but you have to go to the uh, the appearance vendor. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, so so I'm it, gonna get, I'm like gonna get my Sith into... warrior. I'm gonna get my Sith warrior. Right. I'm gonna put him on the Rancor. Okay, <laughs> and then I'm gonna and I'm I've been wanting to change in a body type for anyway. I'm gonna uh, get on my sniper and get over there with my Oro bird and. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is awesome. I don't know why. I mean, look, it does cost cartel coins, right, to change your to change your stuff. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't tried this yet, so don't quote us on it. So before we before we talk about it more, but I think this is awesome. I wish I had known about this before, and I imagine it's only until you log out or whatever. But how badass is that? That just sounds funny. <laughs> what other mounts do I have? I have some cool ones. I've got. I some wonder if that would. If, and... I, know, I wonder if that would keep you as that mount when you go into a cutscene. Oh, I didn't think about that. And what about like my skiff, where like the droid is like feeding me grapes and stuff? Like, do I just am I just that? You become the skiff. And when I fight, <clears throat> does the skiff have a lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude, I think that's awesome. They're fixing it sadly on Tuesday. So if you have, by the time this comes out, it would already be gone. But we're intrigued. We're gonna check it out, and we'll let you know how it went next week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that sounds funny. All right, the headhunter's helmet. I just pulled a few things out of here. I'm not going to talk about all the class changes and stuff. Just a few more things from the um, from the preliminary patch notes. Headhunter's helmet now has voice modulation. The reason I pulled this out is I'm pretty sure I have this on my trooper. I think it's the one that looks like a skull. Um, okay. And I think it'd be really cool if it did have voice modulation. And it's coming. So there we go. Um, shaggy hair now works on all female body types. I I never encountered that, but I still pulled it out one way or another. Um, I do have no bones, the no bones dance, which is pretty fun. Um, so the emote no bones and emote punt now correctly display in collections 
uh, that they can be purchased from the Acolytes Shadow Pack. So it basically just says where you can find them. Um, right. Both both great emotes, in my opinion. What's the no bones? Uh, it's the it's you, <laughs> it's that dance, dude. The I'm doing it. Oh, <laughs> it's it's I did the dance. Anyway, uh, I'll send I'll send you a thing. It's it's amazing. You'll love it. Uh, and then let's see, level fifty five tactical flashpoints now count towards the mission weekly uh, tactical flashpoints, which is cool. So um, for someone who does fifty five tacticals, I think that's why I pulled that out of there. And I think that's about all I wanted to pull out of the the, the patch notes. Uh, we'll see if anything changes on Tuesday, and we'll report back next week. Anything yep. else on any of that? Nope, nothing on patch notes for me. Cool. All right, man. So our discussion topic this week, and it's something that has come up before. We never talked about it because I just kind of put it aside as just promotion for the game. But now we get a little more info. So... We'll put the link in the show notes, but if you're a subscriber, you already got an email about it. But there's an exclusive black, purple, striated color crystal for being a subscriber coming. And it's part of the Choose Your Path promotion. I think and, it looks pretty darn cool. Yeah, and I I love those two colors. Personally, everything in my life is purple. But um, black, purple, striated, I don't even know what that means. But anyway, black, purple, striated is... It looks amazing, and it's just part of their Choose Your Path promotion. Again, I think they're just trying to promote the game, give us, give you know, subscribers something. The um, the trailer, did you? Wa- I mean, we watched the trailer. Um, it, it does. It's obviously it's hyping the game and the story, but at the same time, it's 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 a it's a cool thing for subscribers. I think. Yeah, um, you know, watching the trailer, there's two two uh, thoughts that came to my mind. Is one, you know, for a couple of years now, they've been talking about you know, having a gray uh, alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you know, dark or light. And it kind of like, it doesn't even touch on that. So it just makes you wonder if it's just even pushed further to the back burner. And then um, the other thing that just cracked me up is, you know, obviously it's going to focus on a singular character during the trailer or, you know, one or two characters. But it just, uh, it was interesting that it only showed a Sith uh, choosing between dark and light, and I think it would have been more interesting to see a Jedi choosing dark or a, a trooper, you know, shooting somebody in the back or something. You know what sure. I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you, it, because almost everybody plays, you know, bad Jedi, or I mean, not bad Jedi, but uh, evil Sith, right? I mean, at least every time I, it's it's almost become a, what I'm accustomed to. Whenever I play with you, you pull out a. A bad or bad guy that's making bad choices. Yeah, and, I play. I I only play bad Jedi. Yeah, and uh, so it would just be kind of interesting to to see something different than the Sith that most people play. Indeed. All right, moving on. Uh, so part of the the promotion is this. So it says we're giving away an exclusive set of four advanced black, purple, striated color crystals to thank all of our subscribers on March thirty first, twenty fifteen. Be a subscriber as of March 29th, 2015, and give your lightsaber blades and blaster bolts a new dark purple color along with a plus 41 boost. So most color crystals are plus 41 in the game, but we're getting all four. And we're getting the black purple striated eviscerating crystal, which is plus 41 critical, um, the indestructible crystal, which is plus 41 endurance, the War Heroes Crystal, which is the PvP one, plus mm-hmm. 41 expertise. And the Hawkeye Crystal, which is plus 41 power. So, it's pretty sweet. So, yet another thing we're going to get in our mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, I, like I said, I think the this color scheme looks really cool. So, Yeah. 
no, I'm excited about this, man. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, before we close out this section, you know, we do have our refer friend links in the show notes and on the website on our about page. So if you're interested in the game, check it out. And if you're a subscriber before then, you can get these badass crystals as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pretty much, I think that's pretty much it for the, the Wotor section, except for um, I did want to mention tourcommunity.com, which you mentioned last week, which is a great site. Redna from Utinicast actually interviewed Hayward, uh, who runs the site, um, and that was pretty pr- a great interview. So check that out at, uh, on Utinicast. Um, so yeah, I mean, another awesome part of the community. So I mean, yep. again, this this community is phenomenal, and we would not be where we are without their support. So no, nope, everybody's fantastic. Indeed. All right. Are we moving on to Star Wars or what? I feel like we're just moving along. This is a big show. We're having, I'm excited. We are. So welcome to the Star Wars section of the show. Oh boy, do we have a good show, man. I, <laughs> I'm afraid. You know why? And you know. You should you be. Yeah, exactly. You should that's, be. That's the right line. Yeah, I, I'm afraid that this is going to take all night. But let's try to keep it concise on some level. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about. Let's just talk about general Star Wars news, and we can't, we wouldn't be able to start this section without talking about old Harrison Ford. So why don't, why don't you take this away? What happened to Harrison Ford, dude? Um, well, he was flying a vintage World War II airplane, and uh, I was listening on a couple things. I was like making fun of him for like you know flying a plane. This guy's got decades of experience in in flying. I mean, even when he went over to. Um, to Britain to film the latest Star Wars movie, he found out what would be required to get his license over there and join the local flying club so he can keep oh, wow. flying while he was over there. So, you know, this isn't just like, you know, a, a fly, you know, pardon the pun, but a fly-by-night sort of hobby <laughs> for him. It's uh, It's been decades in the making. And he actually, um, when he was uh, uh, training on his, uh, getting his license on a helicopter, it was like 15 years ago, he had you know, been able to set that down in a, in a, in an engine failure. So basically what happened is something happened on takeoff from Santa Monica airport uh, here in California. And he had to set it down at a uh, golf course, not too far from the airport. And uh, there were some people that said that it was an incredible feat of flying because he was able to set it down in the, on, on a fairway and uh, he didn't hit any trees, which is very difficult to do. And ironically enough, there was a couple of uh, uh, surgeons that were playing golf. And so uh, luckily they they were able to help pull him from the the plane and uh, make sure that his injuries weren't as severe as I guess they could have been. Oh, man. I I can't. Can I just say how I heard about this? I, uh, like I said, ironically, I coached the golf team, like I said, at the high school I teach at. And we were at a match at a cell phone range. And I got back into town. And my buddy Josh, who I record the Flipside podcast, he texted me and he said, um, Harrison Ford was in a plane crash. And immediately, like, I, uh, the reaction that I had was more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Right. And I was on the verge of tears, thinking that we had lost Harrison Ford. Like, we had just talked about Leonard Nimoy last week. I just, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then, of course, I looked up on Twitter a, a second later, and it's like, oh, he's okay. You know, you know, he was obviously injured, but he was okay. And I was like, well, you got to say that in your text, don't you? You can't just tell. Like, he's like not only my favorite actor, but he's Han Solo. Exactly. Oh my God. And Indiana Jones. Exactly. And Jack so, Ryan. And, and he was all the president. The things. 
and the president, for God's sake. So anyway, I I was glad he was he's okay, and I we, I don't think we can lose Harrison Ford now. So I'm glad he's all right. No, I do wonder though when the uh, when the surgeons got to his plane and opened the door and tried to get him out, did he look at him and say, "Get off my plane"? <laughs> I hope he did. I hope he did. That would be awesome. <laughs> all right. So I anyway, like I said, I'm glad we didn't lose Harrison Ford. And like I said, I don't think I'm again. Hopefully, we don't anytime soon. No, and they did say he, uh, he's going to make a full recovery. So awesome, awesome. All right, next thing here, um, we want to talk about something that got announced at Star Wars Celebration. We talked about a couple weeks ago too, with uh, with Star Wars Rebels around Star Wars Rebels, I should say. Uh, it turns out Dave Filoni and the cast of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, they're going to be premiering season two. I cannot I, wait. I wish that we were there. Yeah, so do I. Because, I mean, I mean we, we talked about it last week, but the last mm-hmm. episode of, of Rebels for season one was phenomenal. Oh, my God. And we're going to talk about the finale in a little bit here, but I just, I, I want to see this. I want to see this, and I'm not going to be there. No. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. But if you're going to be there, you're going to get to see the premiere of, of season two of Star Wars Rebels. So we hate you. Yep. And if you're going, you know, you could, you know, just fit me in one of your bags and sneak me in. Yeah. Indeed. Because it's easy let's, to stick a that. six foot, 350 pound man into a bag. There's <laughs> some big bags out there. There's big bags. Come on. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> I don't know who would all carry right. me, but you know. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be. Yeah, that might be difficult. All right. Well, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I cannot wait to see what people think about that. Well, it's just another. It's another reason to make sure we're there next year. Exactly. I still don't know when the premiere. Do we know when the premiere date of season two is going to yeah, be? Yeah, I don't think they've actually announced it. I don't think they have either. Anyway. All right. Well, that's exciting news for people going to Star Wars Celebration. We have a big section this week. We want to talk about the Rebels finale. Let's talk about the comics first. Yeah, and I and I have this blog i've been saying that is going to come out it may come out um i i keep tweaking it because i keep reading more comics and i don't know what i'm doing with it anymore it may never come out um but the idea is that um i you know we will talk vader number two for sure next week because i want to make sure there's time to talk about the finale of star wars rebels and i just picked up literally today had my comic book shop not been strangely closed uh this morning uh, I would have already read Leia number one. I have it in my hand, literally, right now. Um, I think it's impressive that I, I read the comic before you did. <laughs> well, Mr. Digital. I bought it. In, it's in hard copy. Bagged and boarded. Well, you yeah, smart ass. Indeed. Okay, well, there we go. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> no, I'm excited about Leia. I've read the first few pages. Actually, I read it to my daughter while we were waiting for our pizza tonight. And it, I'm, I'm intrigued by the art. I, I'm curious to see where they're going. It literally begins as she's right after she gives the medals to Han and, and uh, Han and Luke. So it's at the end of episode four, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a limited run of only five issues. So it, it'll be interesting how they go with the storyline. I mean, I don't want to go too in depth in it right now, but it, it, it's really interesting. The, the focus of, of her story. So, you know, we'll talk about it next week, but you know, yeah. it, it just seems really interesting. And and on that note, I actually I put up a picture after I bought it on Insta on our Instagram feed, um, 
and some people from you know Coffee with Kenobi and some other folks in the Star Wars community were kind of giving me feedback, saying they really enjoyed it. So I can't wait to read it. Cool. So, um, all right, let's move on though. Uh, let's talk Rebels, dude. Uh, the 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 first piece of news before we get to the finale though. Um, we have, we'll have the link, uh, I saw this on Twitter the other day, Sarah Michelle Gellar will join the cast of Star Wars Rebels. How do you yeah, feel? I thought this was funny when you, when you tweeted me about this because you were like, oh look, Sarah Michelle Gellar's joining the cast. I'm like, yeah, her husband's Kanan, so know, of course she's joining for, the cast. I, <laughs> somehow I totally spaced that element of it and whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that, um... I'm stoked. I love Sarah Michelle Gellar, and we'll see. I do we have any idea what she's gonna who she's gonna voice? You know, I I've purposely not looked into it, so mm-hmm. so we shall see. But yeah, I mean, you. we've got Buffy joining the cast, so we we we'll see. Yeah, the wife's a big Buffy fan, so I haven't even told her that she'll be stoked. She'll be stoked. She's been watching the show with me and the kids too, so um, it's gonna be good. I can't wait for season two, man. And let's yeah. so let's 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 just dive into this. So the finale, it happened. It was a thing. It, yeah, and uh, and I watched it for three three days before you did, and so I had to bite my tongue every time I was talking to you. So, so why don't you give me your your first uh, you know reactions? Okay, so I watched this with my kids, and I can't even tell you. I thought the the rest of the season was amazing. This last this episode, I I don't even really know where to begin. To be honest with you, um, well let, let's all... begin let's begin with uh, spoilers. So if you have not yet watched oh, the good point. The yeah. finale of Rebels. Uh, skip ahead about I don't know five ten minutes and yeah, I'll put I'll put the I'll actually put the spoiler time stamp in the show notes because because there's a couple of major reveals. Yeah, and we're gonna have to talk about this. So if you have not seen the finale of Star Wars Rebels, check the show notes before you continue and make sure that you skip this next section unless you don't care. <laughs> and if you have not been watching Rebels, you should. How dare you? Watch Rebels. Okay, so I, <laughs> my first impressions was, I mean, I could not imagine a better way to end this this the season. Uh, it it I never, you know, there are a lot of questions that we didn't that we had speculated last week who Fulcrum was. Boy, we were were we wrong? I actually thought I was right at the end. I actually thought I was right at the end, and then. Because I, because remember the uh, hologram of Bail Organa came up at the end. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that that's it! I was right! Woo!" Yeah, it just no. turns out he was the one in charge of the the fleet that came in. Exactly, and let's let's not let's not reveal who it was quite yet. But I just want to. Um, there was so much going on in here. Obviously, it was a daring rescue by the rebels to to go after Kanan. Um, you know, my kids were were stoked. Obviously, like. The issue I have with watching with my children is I don't watch them ahead of time. And, you know, they're young and and I worry they hate the Inquisitor. They think he's the scariest person in the world. But because Daddy loves Vader, um, you know, we'll get to that in a minute. We already talked about last week that Vader makes an appearance in this episode. But they cheered when he came on screen, (laughs) you know, and and morbidly my my oldest daughter cheered when something happened to the Inquisitor. So I don't know how we want to break this down. Um, um, I think the first. Well, first of all, I think we should cheer the fact that you're raising little Sithia younglings. But I think I think that's important. Darth let's, Pops. Yeah, let, let's call them Sithlings. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the first thing we should uh, talk about is all of the um, homages to yeah. the saga. I, I mean, think that's important. Let's you mentioned that. yeah. For, okay, let's talk about the the fight 
between Kanan and Ezra and, and the Inquisitor. I mean, it oh obviously God. mirrors back to the Duel of the Fates at the end of Episode 1. It sure does. And I mean, down, God, to, good. down to a couple of even saber throws. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, it was in, in, incredible. And, uh, and and Ezra being knocked off of the catwalk was the same as what happened to... Um, to Anakin. Uh, uh, to, to Obi-Wan. Oh, Obi-Wan. Yeah, I'm sorry. I yeah. forgot Anakin in, wasn't in that fight. In, in episode one, exactly. Yeah, with Obi-Wan. So. And, yeah, exactly. And the fact of, uh, of uh, using the... Sep- a, 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 the the saber that wasn't even yours. Oh my god! To deal the and final then, blow and to start dual wielding, and I mean, it, I just, I don't know. It's hard to really. I have so many things I want to say. So starting with that fight, uh, I loved it. I love the fact that the moment Ezra falls, and I know we're going to be all over the place here. We're not going to go frame by frame and talk about how you know. We're just going to we're, we're going to start here. I don't care. So when Ezra falls and Kanan thinks he's gone. It was very much what you would expect from, especially a rogue Jedi. Um, it was it was the just embracing the anger and yeah, using that to focus. But right? the dialogue that they used was was important because mm-hmm. he didn't say that he was angry, and even when he was talking to the Inquisitor, it wasn't that he wanted revenge. Right. It was that he had no longer had anything to fear. Because and the I one thing he important. was afraid of protecting, which I think is important touching on something else that I felt was revealed, but you said was had been revealed earlier in the season that I don't remember. But that Ezra is that important to him. And it's not just Ezra, it's the continuation of the Jedi line. And yep. so he no longer has anything to fear. So it's it's not anger, really. It's it's different. You're right. And, and now that I think about it, you're right. It's not so much anger, it's more just like, okay... Now I don't have anything left to lose. You know, before, you know, I, I, I maybe held back a little bit because I was afraid for his safety type thing, you right. know? Um, and I think the fact that once he saw Ezra go over the side, um, I, I, and that was just it. He takes up, you know, his lightsaber and, and attacks with a fury uh, and the Inquisitor. And, dude, and first of all, I, I thought... First of all, Ezra's lightsaber is amazing to begin with. <laughs> it's awesome. But the way that that um, that Kanan uses it, I mean, even yeah. Ezra, ever, when Ezra is watching up later on in the fight, he actually says, I didn't think about that. Because he's firing the stun bolts and using the lightsaber, firing the stun bolts, going back to the lightsaber. And the cool thing is, I think that really set up for the Inquisitor's lightsaber style, too, because it's more... Uh, deflection with the spinning, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and so with the constant spinning, shooting the stun bolts, keeping them off balance, and ju- dump, jumping in with the lightsaber, I thought was brilliant. And God, what a great fight that was! My kids, of course, were hiding the whole time, but God, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, how it ends with the Inquisitor. Um, I I honestly think he purposely let go. That's what I okay. So before we get to that though, um, I think. I want to talk real quick about, um, I mean, obviously we didn't think Ezra was going to be dead. You know, he comes back and then that communication with the others, I think it was important, but you know, the idea of, uh, the inquisitor at finally get backing up and realizing he's somewhat beaten right before he's even holding on, um, before we get to whether he let go or not and whether he's actually dead, which I would like to speculate with you about, um, how cool was 
the way he busted his lightsaber. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, so he t- so if you didn't watch it, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, and you're still listening to this, you know, taking both lightsabers, putting it, you know, within the spinning section because you know his hands are stable, but the lightsaber still spins, and basically flipping outwards and, and breaking that apart. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, the Inquisitor didn't expect that, but I just thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I thought I thought that was again an homage back to the Duel of Fates fight. Yep. Um, where two things happen: one, uh, Obi Wan had cut um, um, uh, Darth Maul's uh, saber in two. Yep. But also, he cut Maul in two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it just and, goes. I mean, it just goes back to that that um, that old uh, Star Wars trope of, of duality. Yeah. Everything's and, in twos. And I and I really I don't know. So so we have the so we have the Inquisitor hanging on the on the edge. The you know, the reactor is going as true, you know, Star Wars fashion. The whole place is gonna blow up. And, you know, below the Inquisitor we have these explosions going and you know, the visuals are amazing, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we have that moment where and I don't have the line in front of me, I don't remember exactly what he says, but uh what did the Inquisitor say? I feel like we should know. I it can't was, remember what um, he says. It was it was it was very uh, just. I think to me it sounded like an evil version of what Obi Wan said when he sacrificed himself to Vader. Uh, mm-hmm. He'll become more powerful than you can imagine. Something like that. Yeah. So so he lets so he lets go right um, now. Look, I mean, <laughs> we've said this on yeah, the show before. Yeah, if there's anything that Star Wars has ever taught us, it's that if you're falling into a chute or into a reactor or you get cut in half, you're not dead. You're not dead, right? And my daughter was very traumatized by this fact, and I thought this was would be interesting to bring up. She was she hates the Inquisitor. Both of them do. Well, my oldest daughter more than the other. And when he fell, not that she's cheering his death, but she's like, is the Inquisitor dead? And we're like, well, it seems that way. And she's like yeah, I don't have to ever see him again kind of thing. Not like, yeah, I'm glad you're dead. I'm not raising that right. kind of children. But but it was more of the fact that... That she has nothing know, left to fear? Yeah, she doesn't have anything left, right? I'm, I don't have to be afraid of that person anymore because he's, no, he's not going to show up anymore. Right. Now, do you think that... The, I mean, look, we've been in the Star Wars universe for how long? Is he really dead? I don't think so. He's too... For two, for two reasons. One... He's too powerful of a of a villain to get rid of, and they're definitely not going to bring Vader in full time. It's just too he's too big of a character to do this mm-hmm. too. When this has purposely been shown as being a side project, you know what I mean? Right. And secondly, um, the the actor who voices it is too famous. I mean, Jason mm. Isaacs. They. I mean, they're he's probably the most famous person who has a role. There, I mean, modern times. I mean, you know, fifteen years ago, it might have been Freddie Prince Jr., but it's it's sure. Jason Isaacs now. I mean, he comes out of the the Harry Potter thing. He's got a new TV show on on USA, which actually I'm going to talk about a little later. But cool. Yeah, uh, it, it's just yeah, they're not going to get rid of him. I mean, he yeah. might he might be a force spirit. He might have a clone something, but he'll be back. I don't know. I think I I'm with you. I don't think he's dead. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to come back as a force ghost either. I think that he will come back as him. And I think that if he was going to let go, 
He had a fail safe down there. There was something that he knew was going. You know, he ha- he's too cold and calculating. You know, he's too. He thinks three I feel steps like he, ahead. I, yeah, I feel like he's too resourceful to let himself just be like, "Well, I'm gonna let go," rather than be cut. Like, give me a break. He let himself go because he knew he wouldn't die. Exactly. That's uh, that's that's where I'm at with it. So, so so we'll have that to speculate on a little bit, and I and I'm excited to see how he comes back and win. Um, and <laughs> and so yeah, so we have that. Uh, so what else in this episode? So we had the guys. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. What's happening with the side crew? Should we go there before we go to the end? They were all um, trying to find an escape route. That's basically what they were trying to do. Um, I, you know, what we were talking about last week is that we would like a little bit more of Sabine's backstory, and yep. it actually started off with that. That because right. you know she was sort of doing um, some graffiti work. And they said she's back, or he, or there, it's back, or whatever. So we kind of know that she has a history of thumbing her nose at the Empire. And and I don't know. I love that Tie Fighter, the spray painted Tie Fighter. And they're like, well, they're only going to scan it, you know, before they they'll see it. You know, by the time they see it, it'll be too late. You yeah. Know? And I then when and then cool. when they're leaving, like we couldn't take one of them any others. <laughs> I love that line. Of course they go back to that one, but it's like, why take that one? There's other ones there. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was, um, it was good. So before we get towards the end of the episode and kind of the big um, the big sections, uh, you know, what happened with Kanan and stuff like that, I have a did I have only one beef. I have one beef. Okay, what's you your beef? You want to hear what it is? My beef is the Imperial's hats. See, I saw this in the show notes. I don't even remember. What, what are you talking about? If you look at the Imperial's hats, all of the crew, like even the guy talking to the the, uh, the Inquisitor, there's no chance, not a lick, that they can see. Unless they can see through that visor. Those visors are literally to their noses. You didn't notice that? I did oh not notice. God. Oh, my God. Watch it again. It's w- insane. Okay, so, were they, did they look like the, the training helmet that Luke had on in Episode 4? Not that dramatic, but like think about the deck crew hats in the original trilogy, right? right? Where it's got that little bill that kind of comes down above yeah. their eyes, and the gray hat, right? Right. But in the cartoon, the bill goes down to their nose. Weird. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to look at this again because I did not pick up on that. I was just not. I didn't even understand it. Like I get like it was a style, and it looks cool. It's stylistically neat, but there's they. The the Imperials have no eyes, and the English teacher in me is like, okay, what does it mean you don't have an eye when you don't have any eyes? That means you have a mask on. That means there's that means you're not. You know what I mean? Like I'm starting to go down that route, but I think it was just kind of to look cool, not yeah. For it was just a deeper. stylistic choice. It wasn't a exactly symbolic. You know, choice. exactly. It's not a symbolic choice. So why can't they have eyes? <laughs> Give those guys some eyes. Okay, just saying. Okay, maybe it's just at a very basic level that the cartoonist. <laughs> couldn't draw eyes maybe i don't know <laughs> or maybe he was just like how am i gonna do the bill and the eyes at the same time i don't I mean, know this is a conundrum to be honest that's <laughs> probably why mickey has only four fingers is because walt <laughs> disney couldn't dry couldn't dry hands <laughs> anyway all right so let's get to anything else in that leading up to the ending um we obviously we have two things to talk about we have fulcrum right right and we have 
well, three things. We have Fulcrum, we have Kanan's Rescue, and we have the very end with Tarkin and, and Vader, obviously. So let's talk, uh, let's, should we start with Fulcrum? Um, actually, let's start with the, the Kanan Hera thing. Okay, go. When, okay, when the crew all come back together. Um, spoilers, um, they rescue Kanan. Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, well, we put spoilers earlier, but yeah, they rescue yeah, Kanan. <laughs> and it just, it, I mean, you, you kind of knew that something was going on between Kanan and, and Hera. But they were obviously hiding it, kind of like he's hiding he's a Jedi because, you know, you're not supposed to have attachments. But right. when she goes into his arms and she calls him dear, I never noticed that. You said that you thought she did that in, like, the first episode? In but the first episode or the second episode, she she does make some, um, pardon the pun, endearing, uh, you know, she does say something to him. And 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 that's why I was saying I, I made a point of going back and starting to listen to a new Donegan to see that backstory because there is something going on there for sure. Okay. Um, I, I thought, for, as someone who hasn't read a new Don yet, I thought that was a pretty cool reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, and, there's something like, you know, there's a relationship that she's glad that is going to continue. Yes. Right? So so there's that, and that obviously leads into Fulcrum, because they're in the, the hallway of their of their transport, and uh, then uh, Fulcrum comes down the uh, the ladder and reveals to be who, Marshall? I was wrong. And I didn't see this coming, although once it happened, I was like, are you kidding me? Of course it's Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, how did um, we not even How did we not see that? that coming? I mean, but I think part of our issue is that we never finished the Clone Wars, which I have made a concerted effort to go back, and I'm over halfway through season two now, and I'm going to watch all of it, binge watch it like I said last week, and, and I know how it ends. I know ah- Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order and, and walks off, and gee, I wonder what she's doing now. Now we know. <laughs> yeah. And so she's obviously spearheading the, the Rebel Alliance in some way. And so we, this is, I think, the biggest outside of Vader coming on the screen. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I think this is kind of the biggest thing to kind of speculate going forward, especially going into the new movies. Are we going to see Ahsoka in the next trilogy? I, I think that would be awesome. Um but I again going back to the the old Star Wars trope of duality is I think it's important that Vader and Ahsoka come on screen in the same episode because it's Master and Padawan again. Yep, and it's Dave Filoni. <laughs> he did the Clone Wars. He's doing Star Wars Rebels. It makes a lot of sense on that level alone, especially since we don't know what happened to Ahsoka to bring her back into the fold. Now, I saw a couple things on Twitter, and I hate seeing stuff like this, because you know how Twitter now is just, you can see pictures and there's captions, and before you know it, you're like, oh, you're reading something you don't really want to. Right. I saw something a couple days ago saying, will, will Ahsoka and Vader take over, you know, uh, overshadow the rest of Rebels? And, and I don't think so. Um, you know, and, and, and I kind of wanted to talk about this with you, because we've already alluded to the fact that I don't think Vader is going to be a factor here really at all. Exactly. I mean, I, I think Vader's just in for the, for the ratings bump. <laughs> I think so too. And he's literally the last thing you see before the credits. Yeah. He doesn't even, and, I don't even think he has a line. All you see no. is him and the breathing and the music and 
Yeah, Tarkin says, you know, we have another weapon kind of thing, and Vader comes walking towards the screen, and it's all badass, the Imperial March is going, and then it's over. Okay, know? I have to go back to Tarkin here for a second, because this is, again, mm-hmm. another homage back to Episode Four. But yep. when when the, the Star Destroyer is going down, and, and his assistant comes <laughs> up and says, says uh, Moff Tarkin, we've got to get you to your, your escape pod. I was praying that he was going to say, what, in our moment of triumph? Ah, oh, I wanted him to say that so bad. I I was like mouthing it, waiting for him to say it. Cause... Exactly, but you knew that he was going to go to the escape pod because he, uh, right? You know, he's obviously survived because he doesn't later. Exactly. <laughs> no, and I'm with you, man. And I I'm really excited to see. I I want Ahsoka to continue to be the fulcrum role, maybe pop in and out. Um, Vader, I think. Whether, you know, the Inquisitor comes back or not, I, I would like to see the Vader Vader only show up to like talk to Tarkin and that's it. I don't I don't necessarily want to see Vader on the screen, but then again, now that they've brought Ahsoka into it, don't we kinda have to have some resolution, although I haven't seen the Clone Wars, resolution between Master and Padawan? What do you think? Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna be in as a main character. She could become a main character. Mm-hmm. And then it could just touch on it whenever they cross paths. Yeah. And I guess they don't have to have some major lightsaber battle or anything like that. I don't know. I just... I find it really interesting that they went this route. Now they have the two main characters from the Clone Wars now kind of pulling the strings between behind Rebels, you know? Um, I think it's really interesting. I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Okay, now this is this is where we get into a, a, an interesting topic that actually it just popped in my head mm-hmm. is you know a major issue that they have with the X Men continuity continuity right yep yep and that's that they've that they've started retconning right 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 and so especially with somebody like ah- Ahsoka is you know now that we're getting closer and closer to the the Yavin time frame right. And the the original episodes four, five, and six storyline. Mm-hmm. Are we going to find out? And especially if she turns out to be a character in episode seven or in one of the spinoff movies, does she get retconned that she was in the background of some events? Kind of like that they they did with Mara Jade. That she you know when Air of the Empire was written, uh-huh. she was retconned in as being the Emperor's hand and and was retconned into those those pivotal scenes. I see what you're saying. I I don't think they're going to go there per se, but I think look, there's a lot of things and look, and we've never heard of Lothal, we've never heard of any of these places before Rebels, right? And so maybe she's Although, in charge sorry of to inter- this sorry to interject here, but I thought it yeah. was really cool that Hera was looking at the Mustafar Oh, uh, yeah. system. And I'm like, well, and you know, and that's where Jedi go to die. Oh my God, right? Um, and that's what they were saying in the second to last episode. That's where Jedi go to die. That's where take, they're taking Kanan. Yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, well, <laughs> beat us over the head with it, right? But you're right. I I think I think it's really interesting. So I want to think that they're not going to fully like say, hey, Ahsoka was there. Ahsoka was there the whole time. I think they were going to, you know, there's obviously we know there are many rebel cells. Ahsoka was in charge of the, the Lothal sector, you know, that that 
that section, that cell, right? Right. Is is kind of what I think they're going to do. And if they do bring it into the new trilogy, I think that's just going to be... I mean, I have to think now that they've brought this into the canon. I have to think we're going to see more than just Ahsoka in the new trilogy. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean... Because I mean we don't know maybe they I mean maybe they kill off Ahsoka in the ending of the Rebels you know what I mean so maybe she's not even around for the A New Hope maybe but yeah that's a good point I don't know but you know then again will they be Rebels will still be going when Episode Seven comes out I don't know I yeah mm. there's just so much that they could do here I think yeah. they're just giving themselves a, a ton of opportunities and yeah. avenues to pursue. I, I I like to think that we're going to have some homage to Rebels on some level in the new trilogy. I yeah, just don't know what that looks like. Yeah, the, the time frames are just way too close for it not yeah. to be at least addressed. Exactly. I feel like if anybody survives, you know, whether it be Ezra, you know, I can see Ezra easily um, showing up. You know what I mean? On one, you know, Ezra's are being there young enough. I don't know. It's just I. I just now my mind is spinning on all this stuff. But how uh, how cool would it be if uh, you know if he does survive that uh, Jason Isaacs is cast in episode eight? Oh, that'd be badass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I just I'm excited about all this and that episode. I mean, I cannot think of a better finale. I mean, as a family, we were cheering at the end. My kids were so stoked to see Vader, which they never have been before. You know, um, they know I love him, but, like, when he came on the screen, they thought the, the Inquisitor was dead. They were stoked. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's exciting, man. And, and I think season two is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to see what comes out of Star Wars Celebration. That's only next month. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it was definitely, I, I on my track profile, I, I definitely rated it a 10. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Which they I, categorize I, as totally ninja, by the way. Totally ninja. <laughs> um, all right, man. So I think um, I, I do have some regrets. Only My only regret, honestly, is had I watched The Clone Wars, I probably would have thought of Ahsoka as an option. Um, I'm still glad Bail Organa was there as, you know, in his capacity and everything. That was my major guess. I'm sad that Lando didn't show up. Um you know, but that's just because I'm weird and I like Lando. Um, anything else about the the finale of Rebels? I mean, we went way longer than five or ten minutes, so if <laughs> you, I'm gonna put that in the put that in the show notes. So if you came back and we spoiled the end, I'm sorry. No, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just excited and definitely. Uh, once I get some free time after school's done, I'm definitely going to be uh, watching uh, Clone Wars. Definitely, it's good. I mean, once I, I feel like once mid season two. It becomes. It starts to feel like Rebels feels right now, where it's there's there, there's things at stake. The stories are tighter, um, and there's a lot there's a lot going on. It's really cool. So, okay, cool. Um, so I'm excited. All right, and um, I guess that's that's pretty much it. I mean, we got we got to get out of the Star Wars section at some point, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, so we are into we have a, kind of a big section three this week too. Yeah, but uh, most of the build-off is for you building off of one, so... Okay, alright, so Geek and Pop Culture section. Take it away, sir. What the hell is going on? It's Cheryl! She's in the cockpit! I think she's trying to kill us all! Oh, good. Woof. <laughs> for a second there, I thought I drank too much. 
All right, so uh, yeah, we have uh, you know a few things here to talk about. Of course, you know the the big one uh, that happened this week that we're gonna touch on is uh, the new Avengers trailer. Oh my god! So uh, there's a few big things that came out of this. Uh, first of all, what were your your overall uh, feelings on this, Marshall? Um, I want to see that movie right now. <laughs> well, That's... we only have a couple more months. No, right now. Right now. Okay, but anyway, no, it was uh, my fa- the thing that sticks out to me the most is is Hulk beating on that 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 uh, Hulkbuster armor, the Iron oh, Man against I the just, building. That oh was really cool. God. The, the the screenshot that actually I I think I if I can find it online, I'm gonna make it as my 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 new wallpaper. Mm-hmm. But I thought the scenes in the the in the woods with the snow were really cool. So in the scene, they're jumping across the screen, right to left and or left to right, and you uh, you see um, Black Widow, and she's kind of yeah. like in a kick form. But then there's this part where like literally Hawkeye is like leaning forward and is jumping. He's got his arm pulled back with a bow and arrow, and it's just it looks so badass. So oh my god, I'm really excited for that, and I hope they bring you know those two a little bit to the forefront. And I'm sorry, how can we not mention Quicksilver's punch on Captain America? Oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Oh, that was cool. So was yeah, cool. no. This this trailer for me, like I'm a huge Avengers fan. I love that first movie. I've seen it a, a bunch of times. I really, to me, the only thing that comes close in the Marvel franchise. I think I've said this before, is uh, Captain America to the Winter Soldier. Oh, that was uh, brilliant. Yeah, I think that is one of the best movies I may have ever seen, uh, outside of Star Wars, maybe. But anyway, so the point is, is that I'm. I can't tell you this trailer. Granted, the teaser before, great. You know, the strings, puppet, blah, blah, blah. Right. But this this trailer really, I mean, I want to see this movie right now. Yeah. Honestly. The, the, the two last things in the trailer that I want to touch on um, that I think are the most important. First of all, the reveal of Vision is yeah. is phenomenal. And I love Paul Bettany. And, I mean, it's been great that he's been the voice of Jarvis. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's really cool that he's joining the cast as, as the Vision, and there's so many things that they can go with this. So that's really cool. Then the other one is is there's a quick cutscene in it where you see um, Stark and and in uh, Captain America uh, arguing, and that's yeah obviously just playing the the seed for Civil War to come in what three years. Yeah, yeah, two or three, I don't remember. Yeah, it's, well, not, Captain it's America, not for a while. Yeah, well, I think it's 2017 with Captain America yeah. 3, because that's the beginning of the Civil War. But it's right. definitely playing the seed that they're obviously starting to not see eye to eye on stuff. And um, whereas at the end of the first Avengers, you know, Stark definitely defers to Captain America in the planning of the final battle. So, For sure. No, I, I watched it like five times in a row. <laughs> um, when I when I see trailers like this, like the Star Wars trailer and this one, I'm like I'll watch them over and over again. Um, it, they Marvel, and I'll just and you know honestly, one of the things I just want to say is Marvel does a an incredible job. Um, music, visuals, mm-hmm. suspense. I mean, just in you know a two minute trailer, uh, you know it doesn't give the entire film away like some trailers do. And it really just sets it just all it want all it does is make you want to watch the movie right now. Exactly. 
And it, one thing I, did, I thought of that it touched on really cool is it obviously shows um, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver as siding with um, with Ultron. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, and the Ultron thing, like I said, I'm <laughs> I don't even know. That's uh, it's gonna be phenomenal. I don't even know all those things crawling out of the ground and and beating on people. I just I'm very excited. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's enough on on the Avengers trailer. I'm sure we're going to be seeing more in the next couple months. So we'll we'll definitely sure. be touching on it again. Yeah, especially and, with uh, with Ant Man coming out next month and and stuff. There's definitely stuff that's going to be building up to it. Oh, that is next month too. I can't wait for yeah. Let's 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 do. Uh, we should definitely have a segment every time the new Marvel movie comes out. Maybe we do a. We could even do standalone shows to review it. We can break it down. That might be cool too. Oh, absolutely. We'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. that's a good idea. Why don't you go ahead and take over the next part about the uh, the Nerdist Book Club? Oh yeah, so I mentioned last week um, the Nerdist Book Club uh, talking about Ready Player One, and and honestly, like I, like I said last week, I've taught this novel this year for the first time, but I've read it you know a half dozen times, um, especially on audio book. Um, you know, feel free to use you know audibletrial.com slash usual podcast, but um, <laughs> download your first, you know your copy. Will Wheaton reads it; it's phenomenal. Anyway. The Nerdist Book Club, uh, you know, there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, it's interesting. I thought it was going to be different than it turned out to be. It was still interesting, but at the same time, uh, it could have been better. So basically what they're doing is they're breaking the novel up into sections. Uh, and each week, Amy Ratcliffe, who you may know that name. I actually have a link to her resume. She's done a ton of stuff, been on a ton of podcasts, just a, uh, a over overarching geek, you know. Great, awesome geek. So she's amazing. So um, it was kind of a message board format, which I thought was a little weird. So basically, she what she did was she put up, she kind of ran down what that section, what happened in the section. And the cool thing about Ready Player One is that it's got close to four hundred uh, geek and pop culture references. Uh, you know, most of them in the eighties, but some outside of that as well. And, you know, she highlighted a few, put some links up there I thought was pretty fun. Um, But, you know, when you open it up to, like, a message board-type format, you get the trolls of sorts, right? Right. So, of course, the first person on there was saying, oh, isn't isn't it kind of defeating the point, you know, the purpose of, you know, showing us what these pop culture references are? And then, you know, that started a debate. And really what it should have been about was about the novel. And, um, you know, I don't know if the people weren't reading it or what, but... Honestly, the book's amazing. Um, I think what she's, what the Nerdist is doing is great. But honestly, I think that it could. I, I, I think they need to do it a little bit differently. Honestly, there weren't that many people that posted. Right. Um, there was maybe twenty people that posted. Um, and when they talked about doing it, there were a lot more people interested. I could tell, but you know, not too many people post. And some of the people that did were pretty, you know, long-winded. Uh, it was just kind of clear that either people weren't reading or weren't that invested in it. So anyway, I just kind of want to say overall, I think it's a great idea and I wish I had thought of it. If I had done it, what I would do is, uh, uh, I would stream it. I would get on and do like a live podcast of some sort, kind of like what we're doing right now, but live. And I would invite people to the chat room at a certain time. And I would have people in the chat room talking about what they thought. And I would talk to one or two other people about it while that was coming in. That's what I would do. Um, I think it would be overall a better kind of discourse. Mm -hmm. And you're not getting this 
random person posting a thing that is probably trollish. So yeah, the, and the frustrating thing about that the first comment is that you know when you're dealing with a book club, when you get to the discussion, you're automatically the assumption is that everyone's read it. So by pointing out yep. that oh you shouldn't point at the Easter eggs, I'm like well then you're just admitting that you're only here to either a troll or b to find out information about the book without having read it. So either way exactly. you're in the wrong. So and you can go to you can go anywhere and find out the synopsis of the book. That's not the point. Awesome part about the book is reading the damn thing. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I basically it was just a troll and he's just trying to undermine the the dis- <clears throat> pardon me the discussion process. Yeah. And and the discussion isn't bad. It isn't it isn't very extensive, and I'm I'm curious to see what they do next week. So, like I said, she's going to keep doing this each week for each section of the show. They're doing I think chapters nine through sixteen next week. Um, I've read the book, like I say, several times. You know, listen to the audiobook. Will Whedon, you can tell he loves the book, um, and it is it's a phenomenal read. So you know, check it out. Participate in the book club. Try to make it not trolly. Um, it's on the Nerdist, and we'll put a link in the show notes. It is it is a cool idea. Like I said, um, for the first week's not bad. I wasn't familiar with any other books they did, so maybe this was always the format. But like I said, it'd be cool if Amy got on there and was just like, okay, let's talk about the book now, and I have this friend and this friend to talk about it with me kind of thing. So. Yeah, that would make more sense, especially since you know, Nerdist is definitely centered around you know the, the podcasting formula. Yeah, it's a visual media, you know, the new media kind of thing, you know, get on there, stream it and talk about it. I think that would be the way to do it. In fact, if you ever read the book, dude, I mean, honestly, I would love to sit and talk to you about it. It's one of the best books I've read in the last 10 years, as I've said. Yeah, so. it's definitely on my list. And it'll, like I said, with Clone Wars, it'll be right after school ends. <laughs> Boom. Actually, yeah. you know, I might, uh, might knock it out during spring break, which is coming up in a few there weeks. There you so. go. You could read it in a couple of days. I mean, like I said, the audio book, I, when I first started listening to it, I read it in like two days. I couldn't stop listening to it. So. <laughs> um, all right, what's next? Uh, the uh, next thing, this is a rare occurrence for us, uh, you know, dear listeners, is uh, that Marshall and I saw a movie at the same day. Oh, my Even though God, we the live, same day. Yeah, we live like seven hours apart from each other. Driving time, that is. And we, yeah. uh, um, we actually just happened to... He texted me on Saturday saying, so have you seen a Chappie yet? And I'm like, actually, I just got out. And it was awesome. And he's <laughs> like, I'm going with the wife. And so I'm like, sweet. But, um, you know, it's it's really interesting. It's like a whole... Starting with District 9, which was also a Neil Blomkamp movie, yeah. it's just... It's like a whole new genre of sci-fi. Because it's, it is sci-fi, but it's definitely, I mean, first of all, it's, they're always based in South America or South Africa, which is, which is, yep. exactly, which is brilliant yep. because it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely showing a different side to Africa that most people don't think about. Right. And, and it's not, right. you know, it's it rough is. there. It's pretty rough from what I exactly. understand. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but, but it also, it definitely throws a more human and social element into the sci-fi genre than I think is, that it's been yeah. lacking for the last, you know, 15 years or so. Because everything's been going uber visual effect and, you know, overarching storyline like Marvel does without getting into the minutia of the relationship between a mother and a father. You know what I mean? It seems very it's it's very rooted in in reality with sci-fi elements. Like with District 9 for example, like I I I the la- this is actually the first year I haven't taught 
Native Son by uh, Richard Wright. But when I teach that novel, I actually show Native Son to my students. Uh, Native Son. I actually show District 9 to my students. And the the thing about it, it does have mirrors of The Outsider and and being part, you know, get, kind of getting thrust into a world that you're not, that you didn't think you'd be part of, but then you are. And I mean, I, and I'm, again, I am talking about District 9, but something about District 9 that really always stuck out to me is that it's it's very much it's real it feels real it's not like oh there's aliens flying around it's like sure there's an alien spacecraft out there but i'm still sitting in my cubicle exactly you know what i mean yeah one thing this guy does with his writing is that you know just like with almost any other um genre or or any sort of writing or, or storytelling is that you know it divides it between the the us and the other you know and yep. but what he does is he creates it so at least one of the us, the quote unquote us, transforms into being another. And it yeah, it's definitely a transformation that happens in these movies. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and so and, and then, you know, just the performance. I mean I remember watching um an episode of uh, The Daily Show this last week and it had Sigourney Weaver on and, you know, she was just raving about, um, uh, I am uh, drawing a blank on his name, Copley. Um, the guy who, who mm-hmm. plays Chappie, he was also the main star in District 9, and he was also in uh, Elysium, which was also Neil Blomkamp, but he was also in the A-Team. So he's definitely spreading his wings. <laughs> but he is uh, he was in a suit doing motion capture for, for Chappie. That's why Chappie has such human movements. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It's really unbelievable. And it's it's the sort of movements yeah. you you get through uh through like Andy Circus for for Gollum and what you don't get with yep. CGI like Jar Jar, you know what I mean? And exactly. so it, yeah, it's just he his performance was phenomenal. And if and I would I guarantee you if this movie was coming out in October, November instead of uh March, it would definitely be getting consideration for best uh actor. Yeah, and I I I don't even know where to go. I had no idea where the, what to expect. I had only seen the trailer literally the day I watched, you know, yesterday before I watched it. And that's one of the reasons actually we are recording Sunday night instead of Saturday night is because, you know, when my wife's like, hey, we have a babysitter for X night, you know, I'm going to go on my date night, you know. So we so we bounced back a, a day to, to do the podcast. But, I mean, so we went and saw Chappie last night. I didn't really know what to expect. I I loved District Nine. I knew it'd be South Af- you know, based in South Africa. And what I what I really enjoyed about the film and what I like about um the unlikely hero element of film and 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 fiction and you know, in literature is that when you get when you start a, when you start a film or you start a novel and you have these characters like these gnarly South African dudes that are just trying to make mm-hmm. money that are, you know, doing, you know, just trying, you know, they, they seem like the low of the low, exactly. right? And when they, be, when they become something greater than that, it, it really captures, and I just remember looking at my wife towards the end of the film and being like, oh, wait, we actually care about these kids. Exactly. You know what I mean? Why do we care about, why, I mean, Chappie is calling these two people who we thought, I didn't think was, were even going to be in the movie at all, as mommy and daddy. I mean, it was, it was yeah. phenomenal. And I thought Dev Patel's performance was really good too, as Dion, the maker. And, 
And, Absolutely. And, and I do have to give a, a shout out to Hugh Jackman's mullet. As <laughs> oh my god, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman what? mullet. Yeah, aside. Hugh Jackman was good, but the mullet <laughs> aside, <laughs> the mullet the mullet was so exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, don't want to go too much into it, but I we do have to say everybody go see Chappie. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I, and I don't want to spoil things uh, for this movie. It just came out this week, but it's very rare where Will and I actually see a movie at the same time. Um, and so, if you haven't seen Chappie, go check it out. It's absolutely amazing. Um, if, especially if you're a fan on any level of District 9, um, or you're just a fan of science fiction. Uh, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go, and you'll find yourself really attached. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute... It's definitely much more emotional so than I expected. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were moments. I had moments, <laughs> my friend. Moments. All right. Um, now, yeah. uh, also a couple of new things, is I want to bring up two new TV shows that have dropped this week. Um, the first one, as I referenced earlier, is a show called Dig, which is on the USA Network. It's going to be a limited 10-episode run, um, and it stars Jason Isaacs, who does the voice of the Inquisitor, but he was also uh, Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. And it's basically centered in Jerusalem, and it's basically a conspiracy theory movie. Hmm. Um, it's uh, done by the, uh, the creator of um, Heroes, Tim Crane. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, it's him partnering up with, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on who the co-creator is, but it's the, the creator of Homeland. So you get the, the frenetic pace of like, you know, of, uh, conspiracy movies like Homeland and everything, but the multi-arc storytelling of like heroes. And so it's really kind of cool that they, they just combine their efforts and and uh and it's really good Uh, you know they've only had the first episode so far but i really enjoyed it it was a a nice hour long or a little bit more than an hour and uh yeah it was just really good so what's it called dig Dig. because it centers around uh archaeology in in jerusalem oh i did see something about that all right cool yeah i'm gonna check that out so it has jason isaacs and Anne haish and and a a couple of israeli performers and it's really good um, cool. The other one is a brand new show that got uh, dropped onto Netflix. So the whole first season is available for streaming. Um, they do that. It's called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And, um, is that a, few, a comedy? It is. And it, I mean, I was literally laughing out loud. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you the premise in a minute, but just to kind of give you a backstory on it, is this was actually uh, written and signed on to be a mid-season replacement last year for NBC. But they decided to drop it, and Netflix picked it up and gave it a, a two-season commitment. Um, but the thing is, is it's written by uh, written and created by Tina Fey. Oh. So, um, in you, it's uh, hilarious because it definitely has the same sort of vibe and humor as Thirty Rock. So, if you like Thirty Rock, you'll find it really funny. But. And even, I, I swear they got the same uh, composer to do the music, because it has the same really? sort of music as 30 Rock. Um, 30 Rock. 30 um, Rock's great. Yeah, Jane Krakowski's in it. She plays a, a rich a rich woman. But it's the whole premise is uh, Ellie Kemper is the main star. And if you don't know her, you should, because she's phenomenal. Um, she played the inappropriate teacher in 21 Jump Street. That had a thing oh, for Channing yeah. Tatum, the <laughs> physics teacher. And so she's yeah, really true. funny, first of all. But the whole premise is that there are these four women who were corrupted by a 
uh, a uh, a reverend and joined his cult, and they kept he kept what? them underneath in a bunker underneath ground for fifteen years, and told them that the world had been blown to bits by the nuclear holocaust and that they had to stay down there and there was nothing. All this stuff going on. Oh well, my God. yeah. So it turns out that they they finally do escape, and um, so it's it's just this one woman, one of the four women. She's decides they all get interviewed on the Today Show by Matt Lauer, and she decides to just jump out of the the taxi cab and live her life in New York. <laughs> and it is really, really, really funny. And all you yeah. do, you you only see the back of the uh, the the preacher. In the first couple episodes, and uh, I don't even, I can't even remember if you hear him talk, but I did uh, look at the casting, and would you like to uh, to know who plays the preacher in the first season? Oh, yes. More than anything. John Hamm. <laughs> Don Draper himself plays a ponytailed, uh, cultist, maniacal preacher. That's um, awesome. So it's, it's really funny. And so it's got um, Ellie Kemper, uh, it's got um, Carol Kane. Who she played? If you remember uh, the movie Scrooge with Bill Murray from the '80s, she yeah. played the ghost of Christmas Present, who kept oh, cool. beating him with the toaster and whatnot. So she's she's fantastic, and like nice. I said, Jane Krakowski's in it, and it is just a really, really, really funny show because she's constantly making you know she's been in a bunker for 15 years, so right. she's constantly making references from like the late '90s and in. <laughs> early 2000 right and so she ends up moving in with a roommate and she's got like this whole journal of things not to say anymore like you go girl <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> it's, it is it is really really funny and uh, I'll check it out yeah so i highly recommend it it is on netflix and again it's called the unbreakable kimmy schmidt oh and the theme song is hilarious because it's patterned after the first episode it's you know you've got a black guy who watches them getting rescued and you know it's like the guy who's who had the the interview with the news and it got auto-tuned into a youtube <laughs> and so that's what it is is the whole trailer is an auto-tuned version of this interview from the first episode and it's really oh, that's funny cool. that's cool dude no i'll check it out and I, I, I think the wife might actually like that one maybe we'll both check it out okay yeah, so so highly recommend that um, and the uh, the last major thing I want to talk about is, uh, again, my weekly top ten. Uh, last week's was uh, the beginning of a four-week um, series of, uh, of books. So last week was the uh, the my ten favorite uh, mystery thriller uh, series. Um, this coming week is going to be my ten favorite young adult series. Cool. So uh, this uh, podcast... When you get to of, fantasy sci-fi, let me know. <laughs> that'll be the week after. So, uh, but, you know, actually, I, it depends. I've got to write this blog first, and we'll see. Maybe it, they, they interweave too much that it'll only be one week. But um, So this uh, podcast will get posted to uh, iTunes on Tuesday. Look out tomorrow, Wednesday, for the uh, the new weekly top ten. Sounds good. And uh, I'll let you, uh, you take the thunder on this last one, Marshall. What do you got for Woo! us? I'm so pumped, dude. Today was a good day overall. Overall. So... I am not even gonna, I'm not going to bury the lead, dude. San Diego Comic-Con. Someone just bought our tickets for Hollywood Babylon today. Yay! Kevin Smith and uh, Ralph uh, Garman, uh, we are uh, coming uh. for you! Oh, I'm so pumped, dude. And and I've been looking every day, you know, refreshing the page, trying to see when the tickets became available. 
And of course, when I don't have any money, they become available. And uh, thank you, Katie. You know, so yeah, so the wife the wife was nice enough to front us the money to pick up our Babylon tickets. So thank you to my lovely wife. Uh, so once again, for the fourth year in a row, I will be attending Hollywood Babylon. My third um, time in four years. This will be Will's third time. Uh, I bought Will's ticket as well, and we will be attending. Uh, I'm hoping it's not the fourth year in a row Ralph Garman ignores my email to him outright. We will both be uh, writing this year, so... <laughs> and we're both going to submit some some Liam Neeson jokes. I mean, the the thing about the show, if you don't watch Hollywood Babylon, that's fine. Or if you don't listen to Hollywood Babylon, that's fine. But um, every year... You know, every show they do shout outs for people that come particularly long distances or celebrating special occasions. In my opinion, my fourth year in a row is a special occasion. Okay. And I do go a particularly long distance. It takes me like 13 hours to get to San Diego. Grant, I'm not coming from Australia, but whatever. The point is, is that um, every year I bring him and Kevin Smith socks from my little sock store that me and my wife own here. My wife and I own grammar. Um, and. We'll see. I, I tweeted him today. I said, you know, I said I got tickets and, you know, maybe this will be the fourth year you ignore my email. And he favorited it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And you know? my, my favorite part about this whole thing is we have seats. We yes, are not. That's in, why I got in early. We, we are not seats. in standing room only. <laughs> because so we have seats. For those of you who have be never tough. been to Comic-Con, it's basically 12 hours of walking and standing in line. And then at midnight that night is uh, of the, usually the busiest night of Comic-Con. We, uh, we end up standing for an hour and a half in line at, at uh, House of Blues. And then we're standing for about two hours watching the show. So I'm, I'm excited to have a nice uh, seat and we'll be enjoying some, uh, some beverages. Yeah, what worries me actually, now that you mention it, it's on a Saturday night. And Saturday night is usually actually you know what last year last year I think it was Friday they gave Kevin Smith does his um, Hall H Q and A right it's usually Saturday night I wonder if they moved him they haven't replaced you know they haven't put the schedule out yet but I wonder if they moved him or either either that or the show's not going to start till like one a.m. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, but we have seats. We do have seats. We'll be having our drinks, and we'll definitely be <laughs> tweeting out what our uh, usual frosty beverages are uh, are that night. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's and we'll be definitely different. be buying a, a shot of Jack or a, you know drink of Jack and Coke for uh, for Ralph and exactly. So if anybody is in the area for San Diego Comic Con, again we've said a few times, let us know. We'll be down there for the Star Wars: The Old Republic Community Cantina. But we'll, you know, buy some tickets for Hollywood Babylon. Let's hang out. Let's have some drinks. Let's uh, let's do it up. It'll be fun. Yeah, and actually a little shout out to my sister from the Midwest who will actually be in town uh, in, in San Diego during Comic-Con. And Marshall finally gets to meet her. <laughs> no way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah 16 years and he's never met one of my sisters. So this will be the huh. first time. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good trip, dude. I'm excited. It is going to be a good right. trip. All right, but uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it for pop culture. All right. Well, I guess that's uh, we're going to call that a week, guys. So thanks for tuning in to the usual podcast. Of course, we welcome all feedback. So once again, if you have comments or questions or want to read the blogs discussed on the show, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook slash theusualpodcast and Pinterest slash theusualpodcast. You can reach me at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Will can be found at I am Will Griggs. Of course, 
give us a positive rating on iTunes. Um, again, you can use our Audible link to help support us. AudibleTrial.com slash usual podcast. Donate, whatever, help us out. We love when you tune in. Thanks for all your awesome feedback. We really appreciate it. We'll keep doing it. Yes, everybody. Thanks for joining us. All right. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, anything else or are we done? No, we'll see everybody next week. All right. See you next week.